We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shaw, my favorite thing about this community is that they're so giving and just so supportive. Uh, shout out to a couple of these super chats real quick, man. K. Grant just dropped in a, a big super chat for us. K. Grant, got the shamrocks in there, man. Really appreciate you as always, my friends. Thank you so much. We had another super chat here as well. Need to find it real quick. It was a little higher. Here we go. From Byron Davis, Sean, who just wanted to give a little bit of feedback here. Thank you for the super chat, Byron. Says, love the Sean and Ryan pairing. Thanks for all the work you both put in the last weekend to bring us these Monday nuggets. Ah, man. Could not, could not just put it just on us, though, Byron. I always have to give a shout out to Mr. Brian Driscoll, who obviously got a lot of intel. Me and Sean did the best we could to continue to get as many uh, much information as possible. So, as a staff, just generally appreciate it, man. Thank you for the super chat, but more than anything, thank you for the compliment. We certainly have been doing our best, man. There's no doubt about that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And if any Notre Dame fan in the chats, Sean, I just I just finalized this yet, uh, a couple days ago, by the way. I don't know if you're heading now, but I'll be out for the spring game again this year, man. So I don't know if you'll be in. I don't know Whoa. if you'll be on South Bend, but yeah, man. yeah, yeah, I'll be I'll be there. I'll be there definitely. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So I put a post on the board the other day about you know just kind of getting a little bit of a roll call for people that are coming. And. Uh, yeah, man. So if you all are heading out to the spring game on the 22nd, I'll probably be getting in on the 21st and probably staying until that Sunday. So hit me up. Come to the tailgate if we have one. If not, just see me around, man. would love to. We had a question here from Brent Smith. Sean said, Justice Scott has two officials to Georgia and Ohio State. We talked about it a little bit, as well as an unofficial to Miami. Is Scott the type of person who could be swayed by Georgia's affinity of play- pay for play? You waiting for me to answer that one? I mean, I mean, you're the, you're the Justin Scott knower, man. Yeah, I was like, you get your first crack because I, I have mean, this I have this propensity to talk too much sometimes, man. So I, mean, to- I think I think we went we went over this. Yeah, you know, people are gonna believe what they want to believe, man. Ultimately, things come out in the wash. When he makes his decision, you'll see the type of person he is. Uh, that's time will that's tell, it. right? Time yep. will tell. Yep. We 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 think that that won't be a major factor. You know, he's talked about it a little bit in the past, but we don't think that'll be like the end all be all, Brett. Like I just, I just, I really don't see him leaving the Midwest. I just really don't. But we'll see. Ultimately, we'll see. Georgia's going to definitely do their best effort to make it happen. Miami's going to do the best effort to make it happen. But I just USC even was a team that he had visited at one point, right? So like. We'll see what happens, man. Dude, honestly, if you talk to him off the record, USC was probably his most enjoyable visit. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> like, I believe he, it. he had a ball at USC. He had a ball. He was there for the USC Notre Dame game. That's dope. So he he had a ball. He had a ball for that game. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking like you know, 16, 17 year old kid out in LA, yeah. man. Like it's all cool, he, right? He's like really into architecture. Oh, nice. So that's one of the things he talked about was like the architecture of the buildings on their campus and how he really liked it. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, I'm not, obviously I hate USC, right? But I would like to just see the campus and everything, right? Like I think that's pretty dope. You know, I want to see some of those historical programs, some of their campuses and whatnot. So I would like to just see it. doesn't mean I have to like it. Right. But we'll see. All right, we're going to go to this next one, Sean. Jimmy James said, haven't heard anything about or from CJ Carr. Any news? Uh, Jimmy, I, I know someone asked this uh, in the chat as well. Look, CJ will be on campus sometime this spring. He will. He will, right? But he's he's doing the seven-on-seven thing. So, like, he was down in Florida this past weekend. Mm-hmm. He was out in the state of Washington at one point. He's just been around, man. So, we think that CJ is very – solid in his commitments to Notre Dame. That's just kind of where we are. It's just he's on the he's on the seven on seven circuit. 
Cam Williams wasn't on campus this uh, this, this uh, weekend as well. He was at a track meet and he was just, you know, kind of, you know, doing his own yeah. thing. So don't freak out anytime a kid doesn't get to campus or whatnot. You know, I'm not saying you directly, Jimmy, but it doesn't always mean anything, right? Like the kid's on the seven on seven. But honestly, and CJ's also recruiting while he's playing seven on seven, right? We talk about a lot of the receivers that he, I mean, he's literally played seven on seven with Jaden Riddell, and that stuff matters, right? Yeah. That stuff matters. We had a question from Keith Wiggins, Sean, who said, Ryan, if Notre Dame gets Scott, Justin Scott, is Notre Dame done at defensive tackle, Scott and Waif, an Owen Waifel? I would hope not. I, I think I think what you're gonna see, Keith, in my opinion, is are they done with pure offensive tackle? I mean pure defensive tackles in the class? Maybe. But they're going to recruit, I think, a couple of players that are strong side ends that could potentially be defensive tackles as well, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what I look for. Um, that's what I'm kind of looking at with this class right now. It's like you know maybe you maybe Notre Dame pushes for a strong side defensive end that might end up inside ultimately, but pure defensive tackles, I think that Scott and what Wafel would be those two guys. So to your question, yeah. All right, let us move on to another one. We're going to go to this one, Sean, from Brent Smith. He said, Sean and Ryan, did you watch Swarbrick and Father Jenkins on NBC last Thursday? Also an article bringing up NIL, among other things, like Congress is an oversight committee. Sean, did you see this interview? I still haven't seen it. I've yet to see the interview. I did read the, the New York Times article, though. Opinions on the article? I haven't read it either. Any Um, opinions? Look, um, there's just it's not. It wasn't a good look, in my opinion. The things that they said, it it seemed like with everything that's taking place in NIL, instead of being proactive and putting Notre Dame or positioning Notre Dame in an advantageous place. That will benefit the university and all of sports on the Notre Dame campus. They choose to sit back and beg someone else to do their job for them. Yeah, and and that's I'm sorry, that's just not a good look. You know, I saw some people congratulating them for, you know, saying that you know they suggested that the one and done rule should be gotten rid of. Like, oh my God. Really? You suggested something that people have been suggesting to the NCAA for like 10 years? Like, you want a pat on the back for that? It's, it's, it, it just wasn't a good look. It, in my opinion, it just wasn't a good look. The new Notre Dame is too powerful and in too great of a position to be asking Congress to oversee things. You know, you choose you choose how you want to move in the NIL landscape. You don't have to beg someone to shape the landscape to help you, you know. Yeah. I think it's well said. It's well said. I, I look forward. I need to go back and read the article, and I definitely will watch the interview with Swarbrick and Father Jenkins at some point. Just yeah. It's been a little busy, man. It's been a little busy, you know, just a little busy. So we're working through it, though, working through it. Sean, this is a really interesting question. I, I want to get your perspective on it because I don't know if I have necessarily have a – I have an opinion on it, but I'm not sure if I have like an in-depth opinion on it, if that makes sense. Nathan Milton asks, does Notre Dame have a shot with Justin Scott if Brian Kelly is still there? Heck I feel yeah. like you don't think so. Like, that, I, 
All right, well, all right so this is my hey, thought bro. process, though. This is my thought process. I would say that they would have a shot, but I don't necessarily think that they would close on him because I think that Justin Scott has a high affinity for Notre Dame. Like, that's kind of my thought process, though. Yep. He has a high affinity for Notre Dame. He also has a high affinity for his mom. Right. His mom or Brian Kelly wouldn't mix well. I can tell you that now. Fair enough. Fair yep. enough. You know, you know, mom a little bit better than I do, so I'll I'll, I'll take know, that. Over, I'll take that. I mean, that I'm over. telling you, that was that was the main <laughs> issue with Carnell Tate. Yeah. So I mean, he just Brian Kelly is just he's a little. He's a tad tad bit smug. You know, when you're working class individuals, that doesn't come across. Doesn't play. No. <laughs> No. Uh, again, you know, you know Justin's mom a little bit better than I do, right? So I'll, I'll take your opinion on that one. I uh, just assume that the affinity would at least be attracted to him. Um, well, they would, make, they would still be in his top schools. Yeah, yeah, but like, no. Well, I mean, if you're in the top schools, you have a shot, though, right? I guess. I guess technically <laughs> you do. Yes. Uh, I, I, I don't. I, I think that one thing that we agree 100 percent on this one, though, Sean. Is I don't think that they he would come to Notre Dame with Brian Kelly. I think if they're if Notre Dame's having, I don't want to say trouble, but like if this process is playing out the way it is with yeah. Marcus Freeman as the head coach, I don't yeah. have any confidence that Brian Kelly would be able to snag him up. I don't. Yeah. Now, if Marcus Freeman was still to DC, yeah, maybe a chance then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. If he's and he would, DC, and he would be. You know what? You know what? You know, with him as the DC, maybe have a okay. shot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, here, let, let's yeah. let's ask it like this, Sean. If a coaching change never happened and you keep the defensive line coach and the defensive coordinator intact, so if Mike Elston was still here too, shot? Maybe? I just think Brian Kelly, man. I'm, I'm sorry, dude. He was such a deficit in recruiting, man. I don't, pe- I don't think people understand I just don't people think I don't think people really understand the work that the assistant coaches, the assistant coaches had to do so much yeah. just to stay in with the big time kids because they weren't getting anything. Any traction from or, the head yeah. coach. They weren't getting oh, any anything. Help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and that goes back to dude, what I saw. Seth, your head coach at Notre Dame from a recruiting standpoint is a star like the kids are very aware very aware of Marcus Freeman but the parents are just as excited to take pictures you know and meet Marcus Freeman it's it's just totally different man and that's not just coming from me that's coming from people and sources that are in college football been around college football for years that know the stories of recruits Showing up the campus and the head coach is nowhere to be found over yeah. the years. Yeah. Sean, my favorite quote ever was from Tom Lemming when he came on the recruiting show for the signing day show. And he said, word for word, he was like, Brian Keller's great in the room. The problem is that you can never get him into the room. <laughs> you know, that's the type of stuff is like, as we said before, with Justice Scott. Yeah. He got to campus. Marcus Freeman was on him. 
He was on him, you know? <laughs> I also told him Notre Dame fans were on him about his Crocs. <laughs> he, he, he said, leave me alone, man. But no. <laughs> I was I was one of them that was talking about You were. Crocs. You absolutely were. I forgot we had that conversation. We did have that conversation, Double R. I forgot uh, that. Yeah, man. I was texting about that. I'm like, I don't know he if I can trust. I don't know if yo, I can trust him. He's got Crocs on. <laughs> he got a, he got a kick out of it though. When I tell you, he had a big hearty laugh about it. He did. He did. He did. Oh, that's hysterical, man. I was completely kidding, obviously, but I'm like, man, every kid I ever taught that wore Crocs was a little bit of a hard a hard guy to handle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny though. That's really. Oh funny. man. Oh, 300 man. pounders, man. They're going to protect those puppies, man. I feel that, man. I feel that. Whatever you need to do for that, too. Whatever you need to do for that. Sean, Adam Blair posted oh. question of who's y'all's fi- – who's y'all fellas like better, Jaden Riddell or Carter Nelson? No, that's I, not fair. That's Yeah. Not, don't do that to us. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. I, I get I, – Adam, because, like, it's not a better thing. It's a different thing, right? So yeah. if you ask me, like, what, what are the positives to each guy, like, I can I can do that all day, right? It's like Sean Riddell, for me, is a guy that you can put over the formation, right? Like, I put him at boundary. I can put him in the slot. I can put him as a wing. Attach, not as much right now just because he needs to keep filling out and – You've, I mean, literally, he doesn't play attached at all on the high school level, right? Carter Nelson is a guy that he's such a weird profile, man. Plays quarterback, wide receiver, safety, linebacker on defense. I think the great selling points to Carter Nelson, though, this kid's a freaky athlete. It's like Jaden Riddell is, but Nelson's a freaky athlete. And I think that, that Nelson's a little bit longer than Riddell, a little bit longer. So you look at his frame, and I'm like, at 6'5", 215 pounds that Corey Nelson is now, he could be 250 easy, in my opinion. Like, he's got a long frame. Jaden yeah. Riddell is probably going to be 6'4", 245. It's probably what he's going to be. So I think Nelson could get a little bit bigger than Riddell. But I think that what Riddell brings that Carter doesn't have right now is that Riddell is very, very nuanced as a receiver of the football, right? Because he does it so much more. Plays great down the field, really good body control, can run. Both guys bring a lot to the table, man. They bring a lot to the table. Notre Dame would be happy to have either of them or both. I mean, I would love to have both, but, you know, yeah, at the I end of the day. Some of the people in the chat point out something. The chemistry, with the chemistry being built with CJ and Riddell. Yeah. And what you said, like, Riddell is probably a more refined pass receiver at this point just watching film but Carter Nelson is just such a unicorn man it's like his ceiling is probably yeah his ceiling is probably I I think I I I don't even know if you can really say what his ceiling can be at this point you have no idea you have no idea and it's scary to bypass that you know what I'm saying as a recruiter yes it's scary to bypass that and I guess I would say, if, you know, sure thing, just right now, it's probably safer to say Riddell. Safer, not he's better. Def- he's definitely the more high-floor player, there's no doubt. And that's yeah. not underselling Riddell as, a, as an athlete because, like, and he reports a 4-4 something in the 40, right? Like, my guy's yeah. a really good athlete. Really there's good no athlete. doubt. Yeah, I I would say for me though, I do think Corey Nelson's a more better all-around athlete, if that makes sense. Like, I think he's springier, right? I think he's a little yeah. bit more – he yeah. can jump a little bit higher, can elevate yeah. a little bit. Like 
But Riddell is straight line, maybe a slightly faster than Carter Nelson. And he's he's a more he's a more nuanced nuanced. Like he's they, he's deve- he's, he's a more developed player too. Yeah, like he's just more developed yeah. than what Carter is. Yeah, and he's he's go- he's played against better competition. Oh no doubt. You know, no if doubt. You point that out. So I mean, yep. yeah, you know, just it's it's tough. And we're it, not it, saying that to say Riddell. We're saying that to say it's it's this or that. It's like it's tough. Right. It's like you know, if you choose one, you're giving up the other. And there are pros on both sides that just make you say, man. Can I have both? <laughs> right. Uh, honestly. Dude, man, Nelson is just one of those guys, Sean. The fact that he got, plays against such low level of competition, though, like it's yeah, hurt his development yeah. a little bit, man, because like I, can, I can't imagine how good that dude would be. Like if he – Did you – what do you think – how would they come? Let's talk about this because we – Can, can I say watch. one thing real quick? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Brand just said something about Riddell. Like Riddell's a really good athlete. I'm not saying that he's not springy. What I'm saying is that Carter Nelson's a seven foot high jumper as a sophomore in high school, man. <laughs> like unicorn, that's man. all I'm saying, man. He's a unicorn. And go watch his basketball highlights, man. Like that kid can sky, man. He can sky. That's, that was my whole point. But go ahead, Sean. I'm sorry. Like we've seen Georgia use different types of tight ends on the field at the same time. So let's just say Carter Nelson and Riddell. Are both at Notre Dame. How do you use them simultaneously on the field? I, I put one wide receiver and one as a detached tight end, man, like in the slot or in the as a wing. Like the the crazy part about Riddell is that I think Riddell could legitimately play an X receiver for or boundary receiver at Notre Dame. Like he could a hundred percent do that, in yeah. my opinion, man. Like he could be a big wide receiver if he wanted to. Like he's that yeah. type of athlete. Carter, yeah. I don't think Carter's. Like Carter could play outside the numbers a little bit, but like Carter's more of a, a middle of the field type of target, right? Because he's got that he's got that long frame and he kind of worked through contact, that type of thing. Yeah. So I mean, the troubling part about those two guys, though, in my opinion, is that I don't know which one of them is going to be an inline guy at the next level exclusively. Gotcha. Like yeah. Riddell, like Riddell's thicker right now. But I think Carter could beat way more when all is said and done when they're developed properly. So are you putting either one of those guys in line? I don't I don't know, right? Yeah. Like that's the only yeah. troubling part about it. So you would trust Jack Larson to be in line more than either one of those guys? Not, not necessarily. I think you're getting a lot of de- I think what Notre Dame is looking at and what I kind of what kind of my view on this is. Yeah. You went from so you got Cooper Flanagan in 2023, who's a pure inline guy, right? Yeah, right. You're going to get potentially two guys that are more of like hybrid move tight ends in 2024. Yeah. And then the 2025 board, you see a lot more of those attached players, the Ryan Gies of the world, the James Flanagan's bigger style tight end. So I think you're looking for right. movement based tight ends in 2024 is what I, what I right. think. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's just kind of my, my thought process on it, but. Great question, though. It's a great question. It's very. It's like there's there's no wrong answer to that either, right? It's no, like you, no. if you like Riddell slightly more, you like Nelson slightly more. There's merits to both sides, obviously. So, Chris ND for Life Fortson said, "Mailbag: Were any of the 2024 commits on campus to talk to Justin Scott like CJ or Cam? CJ was not. He was. He was. Um. He was playing doing seven on seven stuff down in, down in Florida." Cam Williams had a track meet. He was not there as well. 
Sean, the only 2024 commit that was there, I believe, was Aeneas Williams Aeneas was in Williams. On campus. Yep. They had two 2023 kids, though. Charles Jagasaw was there, and Micah Bell was there. But 2024 yep. commits, just Aeneas Williams. Yeah, good to see CJ back. Just good to see him back up, walking around, feeling yeah. good. Can't wait for him to come in in the fall and get to going. Yeah, man, I hope he – uh, I, I hope – I'm I'm happy, yeah, because he had that meniscus, obviously, right? So, like, hopefully, yeah. he's doing well with that. I agree, yeah. 100% yeah. agree. He is. Uh, let me count. He should, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was four four weeks to back to uh, four weeks of rehab, yeah, and then back to uh, getting back to running after that. So he should be on the verge of getting back to running. I felt so though. bad for him, Sean, because obviously he's such a good wrestler. That's why he was not an early enrollee, right? Like he wanted to finish that out. Yeah. And then he gets the meniscus. He has to miss that. And he missed the Albert. He was planning on potentially early enrolling after that happened. Right. And then he missed it by like two days. He missed or it by it two like, days. Yeah. It was wild, man. Such an yeah. unfortunate circumstance. We had this question that we really don't know the answer to, Sean. Brent Smith just said, is Jared Parker and our new quarterbacks coach, that being Juno Gadouli, going to be upstairs in the booth? From my experience, usually the I, I would expect that with Gino being a quarterback's coach and obviously a quarterback background and seeing the passing game, I would expect him to be up top. Jared Parker, I'm not sure where he's going to be. He could be up yeah. top. He could be down low. I'm not 100% sure about that. Like I'm not. So I imagine Joe Rudolph is probably an on-the-field type of coach, I would assume. So, like, I think that there's a little bit of flexibility for what Jared Parker wants to do as far as where he calls the game from. But I, I think one thing for certain, Sean, I would be kind of surprised if Gino was not up in the box, personally. I just would be surprised. I, Gino strikes me as someone that if you watch him coach, he has to be with his guys if you watch him coach. So I would venture to say that Jared Parker would probably be in the booth and Gino would be down on the field. Interesting. Interesting. We'll, we'll you see. Know, it, it, but that, that's pretty much decided by the preference of the OC, though. Yeah, what he's comfortable with. Yeah. All that great most, yeah. Some OCs like to be on the field. Others like to be upstairs. Tommy prefers to be upstairs. Yep. You know, so. We had an interesting perspective here from John coming up here, Sean. He said, I loved the duo of Christian Gray and Mike Cabella cornerback. Both top 75 players. However, call me crazy, but I think uh, Leonard Moore and Carson Hobbs are a better duo. Any chance you cats agree? Nah, nah. I, don't, I don't. I don't agree. Sorry, John. I don't really agree on that one. I, I look. I, I think that I love Leonard Moore. I would put Leonard Moore, you know, a, a step below Christian Gray right now. But like at the same time in development. But I think Leonard Moore could be in the ballpark of of Christian Gray when it's all said and done. I really do. Carson Hobbs is a talented kid, but he's not there yet, right? Like he's got some development that needs to happen. So I, I can't quite get there yet. But we'll see what happens, obviously. There's a senior year that has to be played for both guys, so we shall see. We shall see. And there's also the possibility, Sean, that 2024, maybe you get a guy like a John Mitchell that now it's a, it's a trio instead of a duo, which yeah. will be interesting. Yeah. We had from Ivan or, – or sorry, Irvin Castaneda, excuse me. Hi, Ryan. Good to hear all these recruiting updates, but it seems like the legacy Mosley kid from California has gone quiet. Are we going to run out of space? And he gets left out. 
I just don't think that there's a ton of interest from him, man, which is kind of weird, right? Like, I think that he had subtle interest, but, and again, like, I, I Emmett Mosley, whose dad played for Notre Dame, his mom was an all-time great soccer player for Notre Dame, just don't think he likes Notre Dame that much. Like, I think he like. I let me rephrase. I don't think that he likes Notre Dame as much as a couple other schools. Like, that's kind of where we are, right? So, no, I, I don't think Evan Mosley ends up with Notre Dame. I'm sure they'll keep recruiting him, but, like, I just don't see that matching up right now, which is interesting. Sean, we had I, two different – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, <laughs> you know, as much as we love legacy kids, he has a father that knows football. Yes. And knows what's going to be beneficial for his son for the position he plays and what programs would probably fit better. 100%. So, you know, without Notre Dame really, you know, Notre Dame this year might be able to put film down for kids that are wide receivers and quarterbacks to say, this is a school that's coming out three wides consistently pushing the ball down the field, getting explosive plays. Look at our wide receivers and what you can do. Yeah, that happens this year. But the, what film would you want a kid like Emmett Mosley and his dad, who knows the game? What film would they watch to have an assurance of development? Yeah, you yeah. Know, so it's true. It's true. And ultimately, man, I'm. I want to phrase this the right way. I'm okay with Emmett Mosley the third, so the son, to want to pave his own legacy. I'm okay with that, right? Like if he if going to Notre Dame is kind of the easy thing to do for him, right? And I think he wants to do something a little different potentially. That's kind of my vibe for it. So we'll see what happens. Sean, we had two questions that are very similar, so I'm going to pull them up together. John also had a question that said, "Is Jack is Jack Larson on board with Notre Dame possibly taking three tight ends?" And we had Nathan Milton that asked the question generally to, to John's question of would Notre Dame take three tight ends in 2024 class? I don't think so right now is yeah. the answer that I'll give you. That's the, I, I don't think it is right now. I think Notre Dame will take two tight ends, but I'll put it this way, man. And it's just my personal opinion. This is not a Notre Dame opinion. I don't know what they think about this, but if you get Jaden Riddell, let's say the commits, and Carter Nelson wants to also come to play at Notre Dame, I would have a very difficult time saying no. I'm not saying Man. they would. I'm not saying they wouldn't. I just – I'm not sure they'll be able to take three tight ends right now. Uh, oh, man. Man. Whew. Ryan, that's – yo. That's, just my vibe, man. Just my vibe. That's so, tough, so right? To, because, back, back to Marcus John's Freeman. question, though. Back to John's real quick, Sean. Okay. To my to my answer to this is that I don't think Jack has to worry about there being three tight ends on the board potentially. Like I just don't know if that'll happen. So, now going back, sticking with that question. Yep. Jack Larson's committed to Notre Dame. I don't. Hundred percent. So Jack Larson is about to run for come. Jack Larson, we, why are you tripping? Jack Lawrence is a pretty darn talented pass receiver. If yep. you go watch the clutch plays he made this past season. Very good player. Yeah. yeah you know what? 
Sean, the worst thing I hate, I see on the board nowadays is like, if both guys want to come, you got to tell Jack to leave. And I'm just like, guys, no, that's not what this is, man. That's not what this is. If you like Hello. both the guys so much, then take three, figure it out, right? Like figure it out. But I would personally try to make it work. I'm not saying Notre Dame will or won't. I have no idea. That is a, um, that is a rich man's problem to have, though, Sean. If all three of those cats want to come play at Notre Dame, right? Like, that's a rich man's problem. So, so similar we've seen in the 24th class at the safety position at Georgia. Yes. Like, oh, Georgia's already got two of the top safeties. Oh, we still – oh, let's add DeMello. <laughs> right. Right. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like, if a kid like that says he wants to come, what are you going to tell him? And, and I would also say, too, Sean, we have to talk about the roster right now, right? It's like, look – at the end of the day, I think – again, I want to be right with my words here. Kevin Bauman can't stay healthy, though. That's where we are, right? Eli Raritan has had two major knee injuries. That's a <clears throat> fact. That's a fact. fact. Yeah. So when you look at the depth chart at Notre Dame, there are some, some uncertainties. So if those uncertainties aren't answered – like I hope Eli stays healthy because I think he could be a star. I really do. But if he can't, then like – you got to start thinking about numbers, man. You got to start thinking yeah. about replenishing the depth chart because yeah. Notre Dame this spring is thin at tight end right now, Sean. I mean, you have Mitch Levins, you have Holden Stace. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. I mean, you got you got David Sherwood, who's a very good former walk on, right? But at the end of the day, he's not a starting caliber tight end at the University of Notre Dame. Like that's just not yeah. what he is, right? Yeah. So if Eli can't stay healthy or something else happens, another setback happens, and Kevin Bauman just isn't able to stay healthy either. Like, got to figure it out, man. You got to figure it out. Yeah. You know. Just my opinion, though. Again, I don't know what Notre Dame's going to do. That's a great problem to have, though. Great, 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 great problem to have. And someone just asked, um, I think it was time out, Tom, so I just want to bang this out real quick. Sean, I said, assuming Notre Dame isn't taking three, three tight ends, Who's the top take, Riddell or Carter Nelson? I think it really depends on who wants to come first, man. I think that might be a conversation we have. I yeah. think I think logistically that Jaden Riddell will probably commit before commit Carter. Yep. Yeah, I, I think he'll – because Carter, they put everything on hold during during basketball season, Sean. Yeah. They're going to start taking some visits now, but they're still taking visits to places they haven't seen yet because you got to remember – he was a little bit of a late riser, man, in the recruiting right. process. He was a late riser. So he's going to take some more unofficials, then he's going to take officials. If the spot's open for Carter Nelson, though, I do expect Notre Dame to potentially be one of those official visits. I do. I 100% do. But it's about the timeline of things, I think. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sean, we had this question. You would probably know a, lot, a little better than myself, but I believe this is correct. John said, isn't Simeon High School home to Jabari Parker, Derek Rose, and Jalil Okafor? Uh, Jalil Okafor, no. Jalil Okafor went to Whitney Young High School, which is the home of Quentin Richardson and um, Missouri head coach Dennis Gates. 
they all won state championships or city championships at Whitney Young. Simeon is, of course, the uh, legendary Ben Wilson, who passed away. Uh, tragically, Jabari Parker, Derrick Rose, Kendrick Nunn, who's in the, in, a, in the NBA, um, Deion Thomas. The list of NBA players, professional players at Simeon is just silly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's like a, it's like an Oak Hill type of vibe to it, right? Like one of those schools. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. they literally, if we're being honest, they literally might be the best, one of the best all around athletic departments in the state. Like the girls basketball, I think just one city. Boys basketball is always great. The football yeah. team has been fantastic for like since I've been in high school. Um, the baseball team, I think they've had something crazy like 40 kids drafted into the M- major leagues in the last 20 years. So that's that's all they do is produce talent. Yeah, that's all they do. No doubt, no doubt. I think most people know about Simeon from a basketball perspective, which is cool to see a couple really talented guys come out for football the last couple of years with Malik Elzey and now Christopher Burgess in 2025. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. From Tom Jipsinski. Gip- Sorry, Tom, if I pronounced your last name wrong. If you want to give me a pronunciation in the chat, I will do my best to remember and not butcher your name again. Said, out of curiosity, why was there not a lot of pressure on tight end recruit Deuce Robinson? Considering where we at, are at with Mayer heading to the NFL, need that big splash. I, I think, Tom, there's a couple layers, right? I think there was some intrigue by on Deuce Robinson's side. But at that point, Notre Dame already had Cooper Flanagan committed in the class, and they just kind of went cold on recruiting Deuce. I mean, that's just kind of where it was, man. Did they he just, commit yet? I don't know, man. He's still like wrestling with baseball and football, right? Like, I don't, I don't oh, know. Man. Kid's a stud, though, man. Kid's a stud. Without a doubt. He's a really good baseball player. <laughs> He's a really good baseball player. Oh, man. That's funny. All right. Uh, 2025. Oh, Milton wants to know. Nathan Milton wants to know about any 2025 quarterback updates. Nathan, we've heard that. So what I can disclose right now is that I think Notre Dame is kind of fixing a board here, like figuring out who their top targets are on the board. I think a couple names that are – and, again, it's a really talented quarterback class in 2025, so I think Notre Dame is going to yeah. recruit a bunch of them, and it's still yet to be set, right? But I would expect Bryce Underwood to be a guy that Notre Dame looks at extensively uh, for good reason. I would Please. expect I would expect George McIntyre, who is Mike McIntyre's son, to be a guy that Notre Dame looks at extensively at the quarterback position. Yeah. I expect Deuce Knight to be a guy that Notre Dame looks at extensively at the quarterback position. But I think they're going to continue to do their homework at everyone. Like Cutter Bowley was just on campus this past weekend, right? So Notre Dame's still doing their digging on quarterbacks. But I think those three guys especially are guys that Notre Dame is going to be pretty high on. And some of that's speculation. Some of it's not. Do with that what you will. The class is it's extremely dope, man. talented. Extremely talented. Yes. Bryce Underwood's a stud, man. That kid's really good. But, I mean, we can't take away, man. Deuce, Deuce Knight is – very talented. George McIntyre's very ca- talented. Carter Bowley's talented. KJ Lacey, Sean, is a stud down in Alabama. I just don't know if you are going to be able to get traction with an Alabama kid, a quarterback, right? Like, I just don't know if that's going to happen, but, you know. 
Just want to bang this one out real quick. We're almost done here. Brandon Plesner just asked, did I, did I ever get a height weight verification from Logan Thomas from the weekend? Not yet, Brandon. Stay tuned to, to the uh, message board. If I get that update, I will make sure to pass that along, though. Another question here from Brent Smith, who said, Chancey Stuckey appears to be a great coach. What are your thoughts about other teams coming after him aggressively during the offseason? He's the real deal. I mean, Marcus Freeman pretty much said <laughs> every coach on his staff had offers and opportunities. You know, so it's a pretty good offensive staff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it just speaks volumes to how good of a coach Chancey Stuckey is, Sean, that two years as a position coach in college, yeah. NFL teams are already coming at him, man. Like, I yeah. think that says a lot about him. I think it says yeah. a lot. So hold on to him as long as you possibly can is yeah. all I'll have to say about that. All right, only a couple left here. We had – Tyler Hanley just said, where do things stand with TJ Lindsay and how many guys do they plan on taking on the defensive line this year? Tyler, I think the number is going to end up being five when you include the edge and interior defensive line. I think five is probably the number. As for TJ Lindsay, as I had a subtle voice crack there, I hope you didn't hear that one too much <laughs> in the chat. TJ Lindsay, Sean, who's obviously the defensive lineman out of the university, out of University of Arkansas, out of the state of Arkansas, 6'4, 280 pound defensive tackle who can also play strong side defensive end. I think I think the issue with TJ, and I think Notre Dame likes TJ a lot, but I think TJ really wants to let this process come out, uh, play out, man. Last time I talked to TJ, he was talking about committing on signing day, Sean. And I think the problem is that Notre Dame is probably going to be full at that point, man. Like there's probably a decision that needs to be made a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. And I just don't know if that's in TJ's timeline. Like I just don't know if it'll match up. So, yeah. But Notre Dame's recruiting him, going to continue to recruit him. And if TJ wants to come earlier, I'm sure Notre Dame would take him. I'm sure about it. So yep. we had Brent Smith who said, I'm concerned about Drake Bowen playing baseball. As talented as he is, he's going to put so much time and energy into baseball. I'm worried it's going to affect him as linebacker. Any thoughts? You have any yeah. thoughts on that, Sean? So many people around the country do it, man. I no. So many players in college football every year that either go from football to ba- I mean basketball to football or baseball to football. No, it's not. I don't know. Maybe we're looking at football like it's physics or something. <laughs> yeah. As long as Marcus Freeman is the head coach, the playbook is not going to change over the next four years. And playing the position is about read and react. And as long as he can read, I don't think he'll have a problem reacting and playing. Yeah. It's, it's, as, as long as there's a concise plan on being able to juggle them both, I think Drake will be fine. I think he'll be fine. But I also think, Sean, and, and like this is just kind of talking to Drake a little bit and just a little bit of speculation. I do think Notre Dame, I, I think football is the number one for Drake Bowen, right? Like I think he loves cool. baseball too, but I think if push came to shove and it was too much, I think Notre Dame, I think football would be the choice there. So yeah, football will win out. And honestly, um, no, I, I don't think it won't affect them. I'd be interested in why Brent thinks that way yeah you know i would worry more about him if i were a baseball fan whether 100%. He's, actually, 100%. he's going to actually crack the lineup 
That would be my biggest worry. Agree. Nathan Milton had a question, Sean, real quick. Well, he said, any update on Elijah rushing? He is having his official visit in in June. And, I mean, that's, it's going to stay kind of just, you know, building relationships and then seeing what the official visit brings. So there's not going to be a heavy update on Elijah until he gets to campus again. So we had Nathan Milton also said, Sean, how are things going with Kings, uh, for Kingston, Viliamo Asa, who, of course, is the uh, linebacker out of St. John Bosco? Look, so he was supposed to visit this past week uh, on Friday. Fortunately, he wasn't able to make a trip. I still think Notre Dame's in a really good spot for him. It's about getting him back on campus, obviously. And I think Kingston, some core competency that, that Kingston has as a person. Big believer in faith, big believer in academics and developments. If Notre Dame can hit all those, all those uh, areas, I think that they have a very good shot at Kingston. Ohio State, Notre Dame, Washington, and Miami were the four teams that he talked about that he feels like are separating themselves for him right now. So that's where we are. Four left, Sean. Uh, from Stephen Goodson, just said Italian Tuggle from my high school, just got just south of south of North of uh, Notre Dame. Thoughts for Notre Dame. I, I mean, so he was on campus. I just, I just think Notre Dame is pretty good with where their wide receiver board is right now, man. Like yeah. Tuggle's a good football player, though. Nitro Tuggle, he's a good player. I just don't know if it's necessary to give him an offer right now because I think you feel pretty good about where your wide receiver group is, and I don't expect it to be the biggest class of wide receivers of all time. So I just think that's kind of the holdup with Nitro. All right, and then we had here, Sean, who's Bailey West said, who y'all most excited to see get to campus this summer? Any player that you're excited to see hit this summer? Gerby Lambert. Yes, big one. Gerby's a big one. I would say Gerby Lambert. I would say Gerby Lambert, honestly. Gerby's a big one, man. That's one guy that we don't talk about enough, but he is a – priority for Notre Dame in this cycle. Like you need to get a guy like Gerby Lambert. So getting him, I agree. And I think getting a couple of these kids that we keep talking about for officials, Sean, like Like Jalen McClain. Yes. Jaden Riddell. Get Jaden Riddell back for an official. Like, yeah, yeah, man. Yep. No doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. Question here from – uh, time out, Tom asks, at 6.5 plus as a sophomore, I see James Flanagan outgrowing tight end. Where do you project him in the future? He's a tight end, Tom. I mean, he's 226 pounds. Um, I don't think he has a frame that he's going to be an offensive tackle. I mean, he's going to be a tight yeah. end. He's going to be a six foot five and a half, 255-pound tight end at some point. Like, that's what he's going to be, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he outgrows tight end position. I don't. I don't think so either. We had this question from Brandon Plesner, who just said, Ryan, thoughts on Brian Huff. He projects to Mike, to Will or Mike or both. Brandon, I, I mean, I think I think you could get him a – I think he's passable at Will. I think he's more of a Mike, though. I mean, he's a little bit – he's got a larger frame. I wouldn't say he's the most, like, cat quick, change of direction type cat. But getting downhill, I think is kind of where his game best lends itself, and that, for me, is a Mike linebacker. So I think he's going to be – I think he's listed like 6'3", 210 right now. Imagine he'll be 6'3", 235 playing Mike. He's probably actually like 6'2", 6'2 and a half. But, yeah, I yeah. think he's a Mike linebacker. Last one, Sean. Just want to bang this one out real quick from Lilo Galante. who just says, what's the status of Dupree running back for Mount Carmel? Hashtag Illinois. So, Lilo, we talked about this. Um, I, I, actually, I talked a little bit about this in the message board. But I really don't uh, – so – Kind of the thing with Dupree is I think Notre Dame's cooled on him a little bit just because I think that there's like two key running back targets on the board for Notre Dame 
I think it's Kedron Young out of Texas and then Anthony Carey out of Florida. Like, I think that's the two guys that they really want. So I think Dupree is kind of – I don't think Notre Dame's pushing hard for Dupree. Like, we'll just kind of leave it at that, right? Like, I think that's kind of where we are. Uh, Sean, I see that face with Sean. He's just like, what a mistake. I can see it. No, no, no. Face. It's just numbers, right? It's just numbers. It's we had, numbers. We had this conversation, right? You know, as a program like a Notre Dame, you have kids – from an area like Chicago, that more than likely, if you gave the push, they would commit. Yeah. Right. But you have, you know, other running backs, um, like Kedra Young out of Texas, man. Like you can't be mad with Notre Dame having him higher on the board. You just you can't. <laughs> Kid's good, man. Like Kid's what are you? <laughs> what are you gonna do? You watch the film and you say, okay, I get it. Yes. You know, and he might not choose Notre Dame. You know, so now, now you gotta, now, you gotta get him to campus. He hasn't been on campus yet, right? So, so now you're yeah. battling, yo, we really like him, so let's let's go battle for him, yeah. Or you know, take a really good play. Look, it, I feel good, right? This is the best of both worlds for me because as talented as the 24 and 25 classes are in the state of Illinois, whomever Notre Dame doesn't want, Brett Bielema can clean up. <laughs> Okay. Oh man! So oh, whoever, man. whoever, whoever Notre Dame doesn't want, I expect Brett Bielema to have some pretty good recruiting classes. Could you imagine Darian Dupree in an offense similar to last year, Sean, with like Chase Brown and stuff? He'd be a pretty good player, man. Be a pretty good player. Yeah. Yes, I can imagine it. Yes, I can. <laughs> Love it. So that's going to end the show today. Again, I want to thank everybody so much for joining us for a little bit of a recruiting update from this past weekend. We also talked some of Notre Dame's recent offers over this past week as well. And we hit a little bit of a mailbag. So if you missed any part of this show, go back and listen. I know we'll be back tonight's IB Nation Sports Talk at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure to tap into that show with Sean Styers and Vince, I believe, are the ones that are going to be on tonight. I'll be back with Brian Driscoll tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Also, make sure, Lucky Lefty Podcast, make sure to go subscribe, listen to Sean and Mr. Malik Zaire talk some ball, spin it differently, as they all say on that show. So from Ryan, that is Sean. want to thank you all for joining us today on the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour, a part of the Irish Breakdown Podcast.